welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. My name is Dave Danielson, and I'll be your host. Today, we're joined by Jessica Napiza. She's our software training manager here at Henry Schein One. She has about 18 years of experience in helping dental practices improve their overall workflows. In today's episode, Jessica is going to really help us dive deep into an area of workflow best practice called patient financial readiness. Now, we know that improving our ability to streamline revenue cycle management is critical. What some organizations may not know is that there's a whole structure of items that we can do prior to the patient's arrival that really help us dial in what we can do to improve our revenue cycle management as it pertains to patient financial readiness. So with that, we're gonna dive into this workflow, we're gonna explore it, we're gonna expand it, and we're gonna let Jessica help us learn a little bit more. And so let's dive in. Jessica, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. I'm looking forward to it. This is really a topic that hits home for me with my experience in managing dental practices and also training our Dentrix organizations to go live with our software. And now as a software training manager, this is something that we talk about day in and day out with practices. So it's really exciting to be on here and be able to speak to the practices that are out there on this topic. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times when we talk about workflows, there's a lot of best practices in the market. We are really trying to do a better job at bringing some of those best practices forward. And so one of the areas of opportunity, I think, with patient financial readiness is it really has the opportunity to streamline customers' ability to improve their revenue cycle management efficiency. And so today we're going to just tackle those things. I'm so glad that Jessica's here. And just to get us started, Jessica, why don't you just kind of walk us through what is patient financial readiness? Why is it important, you know, and and what do practices need to think about when when they're when they're trying to set this best practice up in their organization? Absolutely. I'm I'm happy to. So to really tackle that first question of what is patient financial readiness? We really think of it as a series of checks and balances. It's a method for streamlining processes and ensuring patient success by eliminating or at least reducing the probability for obstacles in patient care. And you can think of some of these obstacles as struggles that practices encounter on a day-to-day basis. And some of these struggles really are a product of the steps that their team members are taking before they see a patient. And so when we start to drill into some of these best practices for organizations that we work with, we want to really ensure that um, they're taking the necessary steps for evaluating and assessing their patient financial readiness to provide them with that success and desired outcomes that they're looking for. It's really important to see patient readiness as a universal need for dental care. 
I like to think of patient readiness not as a specific piece or specificity to any organization type. It really applies to every type of organization, public health, single site, multi-location, whether or not they have centralized or decentralized processes, DSOs, any organization type that you can name has a need for an established patient readiness process or program, despite the differences that may be in place for each organization. That's perfect. Yeah, it's interesting because you said something I caught there really quickly, which was, I'm guessing, based on what you said about patient financial readiness, this is not all of the things we need to do before a patient gets in the door. These are just the financial aspects of that. And I'm guessing we should probably cover that in another day where we talk about, you know, patient readiness, you know, in terms of other things outside of the finances. Absolutely. And that keys into why patient financial readiness is so important is because it is structured around a very key element of the revenue cycle process and supporting that process and the desired outcomes for each organization. For example, Some of the key elements in that are the appointment preparation that you had had mentioned. What are some of those steps to reducing obstacles that a dental practice may encounter at time of the appointment? What are some of those processes that allow them to ensure their financial guidelines are being met throughout the entire revenue process? How do they obtain predictability to achieving patient care and desired outcomes with patient care? How do they improve internal team communication? That really is a big one of why this is so important. Because when you have those checks and balances in place to streamline processes for financial readiness, you improve communication and you improve the patient experience. And that really is one, the the big key element for organizations is that patient experience and the outcomes that they're looking for. Yeah, it's perfect. One of the things that you had highlighted is that, you know, our goal as practices is to really refine this onboarding, this patient experience that we're trying to design. So what are the what are the key components that make up patient financial readiness that really feed into that ecosystem? Yeah, that's really a great question. And there are, I, I can think of five key components that we would define as elements of patient financial readiness. One of them is verifying insurance information. So part of that appointment preparation process, actually checking to see that the insurance has uh, eligibility at that time and that benefits are available for that patient's care ensuring, again, that predictability of outcomes in the revenue process. Another key piece is reviewing outstanding claim status or unpaid claims, developing a process for team members to effectively check that there's just something that needs to be followed up on or assessed prior to seeing that patient. A third item would be reviewing financial outstanding balance. 
reviewing an outstanding balance. Again, that part of that checks and balances of where does the patient's account status stand today and determining the proper steps to resolving that outstanding balance. Fourth would be a billing type uh, or some type of account classification. And this is a key element when we're talking about internal communication between the teams and allowing the team members to have that accurate assessment and knowledge of the internal financial guidelines of what is the next step to resolving any outstanding concerns or issues with the account. And I would say, lastly, a fifth item, if we want to throw this in there, a really good one is reviewing any alerts on the account. Um, again, this would be an internal process developed within the organization to really have a, that communication between teams, between the billing team and that front desk team member that is checking the patient in. Again, these alerts would help define that patient financial readiness and even help drive some of the clinical decision support that the organization or team member may need to really processing that patient appointment in the best way and ensuring that predictable outcome and elevated patient experience that we're looking for. Wow, that's a that's such a great list. And, and I think sometimes as practices, we're doing a lot of those things, but maybe we don't do them as thoroughly as we should, or there's some gaps. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is, is if you were to go back and tackle those five items that you'd highlighted, you know, is there an order of preference where you're like, okay, listen, this is number one, most important. This is number two. You know, is there a specific order that you'd recommend tackling these? Absolutely. I think in terms of timing first. So let's talk in terms of, of timing. And I think importance falls into a level of timing of these particular actions because they, these are all checks and balances. And if you hit one of these items early on, you're going to be able to take some appropriate action to making sure or confirming that patient financial readiness. So let's talk first about that billing type. So that billing type we have identified as an account categorization. We would start there because it's a quick and easy identifier for any action items that are outstanding on the account, even before we look at the outstanding balance or any outstanding claims, that billing type would tell us where we start and where we go because it will have been defined by the organization that a patient with a billing type that is Medicaid, for example, would require steps A, B, and C before we confirm patient financial readiness or a patient with a billing type that requires action, maybe account follow-up or the fact that there is an outstanding balance would have steps X, Y, and Z to follow as part of those internal financial guidelines of the organization. So first and foremost, we start there. Secondly, 
the verify insurance information would probably be that very next step. And in terms of timing, that happens before you see the patient. Best practice is that you would have that confirmed prior to reserving that appointment or one to two days before that patient is seen for care as part of a means for confirming that their eligibility is present and their insurance is valid at the time of the appointment. In fact, it's a known fact that two-thirds of Americans, approximately 164.2 million people across the U.S. have some form of private dental coverage. So we know that this is a heavy impact to the dental organizations that we work with today. And ensuring that those benefits are available is just one, one additional step to really defining that predictability for revenue cycle outcomes. Now that makes a lot of sense to me. One of the items that you know, that comes up when, when I've talked to practices and, and we talk about patient financial readiness, sometimes there's this concept of it's an added burden and an added benefit. And so one of the things that we maybe we want to talk to for just a minute is in the scheduling of that patient, which is the whole center of the clinic, you know, where do these items fit in as, as we want to, because our goal here is really to optimize our patient schedule, our appointment book. So how do these kind of things fit together so that we're not wasting too much time in one area and not enough time on another? Yeah, it really has to be incorporated into the workflow as a streamlined events. And we can speak to the concept of standardization for just a minute to talk about that flow or that timing for these events. Uh, Many organizations that we work with on a day-to-day basis without these standardized processes often struggle with finding that ideal flow or even ideal outcomes for patient financial readiness. It typically is not It's just not part of their day-to-day systems, and those day-to-day systems suffer because of that. And it often is a fact that their teams do not reach those desired outcomes or or they have to perform much harder on those back-end processes to meet the desired outcome. And the insurance eligibility piece is a prime example of that. And let's face it, most individuals patients we're talking about are not fully engaged in dental insurance awareness. And so our organizations are really looking for that process of how do you reduce the probability for insurance claim errors? And one one piece of that puzzle and one growing need in the field that we're seeing is, is built-in automation. You know, let's face it, these organizations want automation for insurance eligibility. They don't want to work harder. They want to work smarter. And so that's that's something that we see a lot of either this piece is being outsourced to a third party or it's automated within the program to really ensure that the information is there and ready at the fingertips of their team members when they need it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Of the items that we've highlighted, you know, what are the things that people most often overlook? 
would you say? The items that are most often overlooked, absolutely, it would be the billing type. This is that account categorization really is something that organizations typically don't take advantage of. And we've defined it as that starting point, as the initial quick reference of what actions may need to be taken on that account or that definition of how we process the patient's appointment and define the patient financial readiness. So that's, that's a big one for many organizations because that billing type really has that ability to identify accounts by type and really provide the team with some quick and easy applications that will ensure you know, both predictability and scalability when they're developing their internal financial guidelines. That makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. This has been such an interesting conversation because in all of the research that I've done, it's, it's hard to find these things outlined and structured. And that's one of the things that we set as one of our goals when I was talking to our teams internally around what, what kind of content do we want to make sure it gets out there. And this is exactly the kind of thing where the, we know that a lot of practices are doing these items, but we know that there's going to be pockets of areas where people are missing and that if they were to incorporate them, it would help them run a better practice. And we wanted to make sure that whether you're a community health organization, a DSO, a solo practice, um, whatever your area is, we wanted to make sure that we could have this type of content available, get it out into the world so people can say, hey, this is great. I've totally been overlooking billing types. I probably need to incorporate that. What would be a good next step for somebody if they if they said, hey, you know what? You're right. I've looked at these items. This was great content. Thank you, Jessica, for sharing that with us. What's a good next step for people? What, what should they think about? What can they start doing today? And what would be the key takeaway that they should probably be looking for? That's such a great question. And truthfully, really the key takeaway from today would be to sit down and conduct an internal assessment with your teams of what are your processes today? Is it standardized from team member to team member? And is it producing the intended results? Are you getting to where you want to be? And so sitting down and, and really looking through how are we processing our patient financial readiness? How do we define that as an organization? And what are some of the key steps that we could take to identify where we may have process gaps or workflow gaps to help us improve for a better tomorrow and improve that patient experience that we're ultimately looking to achieve. That's perfect. So we've talked about it. We've covered best practices. There's a lot of things that could be overwhelming or there's areas where customers might have questions. Is there any other things that they could do that you could think of that might help them? 
Yeah, really tying it back to that internal assessment. If if this is something that really the organization is looking to dive into and they have some key goals and visions around some internal initiatives for improving patient financial readiness, this is something that my team talks about and engages with on a regular basis. In fact, we even have a developed process for a workflow analysis. And I know this is something that is common in the dental industry. And we have a defined process that actually ensures that we are assessing those workflows. We are having conversations with key decision makers internally about what those goals and desired outcomes are so that we can provide recommendations for improvements on eliminating any process gaps or workflow gaps to help drive those internal goals and initiatives that they have defined. And so this is something that if if somebody is wanting to engage in this conversation and talk more about the workflow analysis service that the Henry Shen One training team offers, that would be a great next step towards really engaging and starting those conversations about what their processes look like today and how they can improve them for tomorrow. That's great. And it's funny because I think for a lot of practices, I think going on their own, I think is great, but there's some that kind of want to springboard. And if they wanted to reach out and and get some help, we just want to make sure that people knew that that would would be something that, that they could do. Um, if there's anything that we can do for you or for any of the audience that's listening, uh, feel free to leave a comment, drop us an email, uh, connect with any of us, and we'd be happy to answer any of your questions in this area on a future episode. And like we mentioned earlier, we know there's other organizations that offer something like this, and we think that's something that organization, uh, that practices should consider in in their tool set of things to consider. And so we want to make sure that, um, you know, our goal here with the Dental Deep Dive is to have better practices generating more money easier, uh, you know, better best practice uh, engagement. And so we just want to make sure that people understand that that's something that they should look out for or, or search for if, if it's something that they need. All right. Again, thank you so much for being here, Jessica. It's been a phenomenal experience. And and a little bit earlier, we kind of hinted that there may be some other readiness items for patients. Maybe we can jump into that in a future episode and uh, see if we can get that done uh, for people so they can have an even broader view uh, of readiness for patients. So. Wonderful. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jessica. This was absolutely fantastic detail. One of the areas that we continue to focus on in the dental deep dive is sharing best practices in the dental space. So with that, one of the things that we highlighted today was patient financial readiness, which really means verification of insurance, reviewing any outstanding claims or any claim statuses for that patient, looking at any financial outstanding balances, really diving in on their billing types, and looking at any non-medical alerts that might impact the patient. So with that, this was a perfect summary of what we can do to do a little bit better in this category. And if you'd like to learn more about Dentrix Enterprise and how these workflows can work for you, please reach out to Jessica and her team and they can schedule a workflow analysis to help you get into even greater detail than what we've covered today. 
We'd like to issue a special thank you to Dentrix Enterprise, who's the sponsor of our show. Dentrix Enterprise offers both technology and workflow best practices to help organizations. If you've been thinking that you could improve your revenue cycle management by improving some of the aspects of patient financial readiness, but you'd like to learn a little bit more, please reach out to Dentrix Enterprise. They have a team of experts and trainers that can come and evaluate your current workflows against best practices and make recommendations for things that you could do to improve your organization. Again, thank you Dentrix Enterprise for sponsoring this and we'll see you on the next show.